1: Oh,
2: the Hello, guys, welcome to 90 Min Daily. Fabulous lineup for you today, and a really interesting show. We're looking back at a pretty dramatic season for Spurs, and to help us do that, we've got a, a wonderful lineup. Um, we've made some big loan signings, so to come and ensure things up at the back, we've got Flav from the Fighting Cock. Well done,
3: more of a striker, but um, <laughs> it's
2: fine. You've got the height. You're at height advantage, certainly on me. Mm. Um, and then uh, uh, and a, a big welcome back into the midfield, Dan KP from the Evening Standard. How you doing, mate?
0: Hello, Chad. I'm very well. I'm right back, which is more suitable for Spurs, I think. Mm.
2: Right, OK, fair enough. And then I was going to say for our two big men up top, Jude and Hunter, how are you both?
4: I like that as a pairing, dude. I think we could do do a lot of damage, you and I, up top. To be honest,
2: yeah. So we're very four four two, aren't we? Bit of a crouched foe just, vibe. <laughs> yeah, know, me, you yeah.
1: just win everything in the air, and I'll <laughs> use my small amount of pace just
2: to not running behind, but try
4: just five yards.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stuff. Um, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna do sort of season review, and we'll kind of do some very uh, Sunday League end of season awards as well just before we do can we just have a little bit of a natter about the last game of the season how are people feeling about the idea of of europa league are you happy a that we're in in europe or would you have preferred maybe to to not have the some people are calling it a distraction i'm i'm more in the camp of thinking that any european football is good european football hunter we'll start with you what was uh, what was your thoughts on on making it into europa league
4: well, you know, I, I would have preferred the Champions League, that goes without saying. But that stadium needs European football. We need European football. We need the money that, that it brings massively. And um, I think we have a few players now who could really benefit from Europa League. Uh, a few of the younger boys, especially like a player like Ryan Sessegnon pops to mind who maybe didn't have the season that he was hoping to have, uh, maybe didn't get the time that he needed. And the Europa League, I think, offers a great... Um, root into the team for him. Um, so yeah, all in all, very happy that we managed to get it. Was totally underwhelmed by the performance on Sunday. I think I think we're going to have to learn another way of playing against teams who sit deep. But that's probably next season that we we'll hopefully find out if we can do that. I'm I'm looking at you, Jal Sacramento. Still, you know, I have high hopes for him.
2: Dan, were you were you at the game on Sunday? I was. Yeah. Right. What was your take?
0: Yeah, it was really forgettable. Kane's goal aside, there wasn't really anything good to say about it. I think Mourinho's comments afterwards were quite instructive. He basically said he found out the Chelsea score and then wasn't really interested in winning the game. He said he opted for pragmatism, which I think means protect the point. But it was a bit of a risky strategy because had Scott Burns scored that header late on or even Wolves scored a couple of goals in stoppage time, it would have been really gutting for Spurs because I think Palace were were really there for the taking. So I was a bit puzzled by that approach. I think with Kane and Son on the form they were, I think if Spurs had really had a go. Uh, they would have won that game quite comfortably. But I think, look, the team and Mourinho got the job done. That was what needed to happen. So we, we can't really criticise what's happened over the last kind of four or five games because uh, after Bournemouth, and particularly after Sheffield United, I really didn't see us coming sick.
2: Flav, were you were you happy with the fact that it's Europa League?
3: Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if you'd have asked me, you know, when, when we were ninth and, and, and you know, I started to think, well, maybe finishing outside, as long as we finish above Arsenal, finishing outside of the uh, Europa League spaces wouldn't be the end of the world because we know how that's benefited Chelsea and Liverpool in the last, uh, you know, two or three years ago where they had no European football at all and, and ended up quite easily getting into the top four but you want to be involved you want i mean even if it's if it's not the champions league if it's just europa league you want to be involved in it you know and i mean as a fan you want to go to these places uh, and you want to watch your team play away but it does offer other opportunities with with, with squad and, and young players that perhaps wouldn't have done get been given an opportunity and, and to play out other styles and to be a bit more progressive and and to build that squad as well because we, we can't play we can't play um europa league football with next next season with just the the players we have so it means what we'd have to go out and spend if we're going to take it seriously at all and Mourinho said you know he's been in it twice and he's won it twice and I know it's Jose Mourinho saying that and the teams he's won it with but that that isn't very easy to do it's really really difficult to do and hopefully if he can do it with Tottenham I'd take it all day long a Europa League win all day I would take that it would be incredible. Mm -hmm. Judy same boat? Yeah I think so um I don't think
1: Spurs have had a particularly good run in the Europa League in the last few times that they've been in it, like sixteen seventeen they got put out by Ghent, I think when Ali got that red card, and that was like a big chance for us to win a cup mm. um so hopefully they can have a good run in there for sure. It's not Champions League, but you know beggars beggars cannot be che this stage, <laughs> <generally>. <laughs> that's
2: interesting. i sort of I think I've blocked out the 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 Ghent game. The first thing that came to mind mm. for me was uh, I think it was PSV. Was it PSV? we Go- that we Gomez like ended up just oh yeah having an absolute <laughs> wild game, and then we lost on pens maybe.
3: That's yeah, right. we lost yeah. on pens. Yeah, the Gent the one was we, we we got knocked out of the group stages and went down to Euro- Europa League. Mm, through- yeah. Again, and then they knocked us out as well. My right.
0: sort of grand theory on, on the Europa League is that any English club that really tries to win it always comes really close. Mm. I mean, Even if you go back to like Fulham and Middlesbrough, if you have a real go and you, you want to win it, you normally get to at least the semi-final. I don't think Spurs under Pochettino wanted to win it. He's on record saying he only cared about the Champions League and Premier League. I don't really think Previously, under ABB and Yol, mm. Spurs really wanted to win it. It was all about getting fourth place back then. So, I think if Mourinho goes into the competition really wanting to win it, I reckon Spurs have got a great chance. They've got the stadium, they've got the squad, they've got the manager, they've got the experience. Most of those players have been to a Champions League final now. Mm. So, I really don't see why um, Spurs shouldn't do really, really well in next year.
2: Yeah, massive upside to it as well. Like I was looking into it the other day, I think Hunter made the point, Um about the financial side, right now I don't think any club in current climate is in a position to turn their nose up at the idea of earning millions more from mm. being in a continental competition. It seems really odd to me that there. Are, I understand that there's fans out there who you still feel strongly about the idea of it being a second-rate competition, but if you're a pragmatist on any level, I think you'd probably want to see Spurs in European competition just to help with the way in which things are moving at the moment financially.
4: Yeah, I mean, we took that loan, didn't we, from the Bank of England for 170 million, and and that doesn't suggest that we're, we were particularly in a position to make any signings. So, so I think the money that comes from the Europa League that maybe allows for one or two without having to let go of anyone that we consider to be an asset.
2: Which is
0: massively massive. It's worth saying on that that if Arsenal win the FA Cup, Spurs will have to pay this qualifying round, which isn't until <laughs> September 17th. So could be in a position where actually Levy's not releasing the money until after that game's done, which would mean (laughs) really late signings after the season started in the final month of the window. So, massive reason not to want... uh, Another massive reason not to want Arsenal from the FA Cup because it could really put the transfer plans on ice for... For a few uh, months until after next season's
4: underway. I mean, we're well used to that by now, though, aren't we, Dan? Let's be honest. Mm. It could be are, October. Man, at
0: least this year shut shut before The season. Yeah. Uh, it'll be six weeks into the campaign. It's
3: finally getting uh, Hoiberg. Getting Hoiberg oh, in six red. games in. Yeah. What's the deal, What's the deal with him in terms of his contracts and stuff? When, like, when, when's his contract? Is it another? He's got eighteen months or so. He's
0: got one year left. Yeah. One end of. Left. End of so June next year. It'll be.
3: Yeah, it's not um, even like, it's not even, that isn't even a, like you go, all right, we'll take him, kind of like signing in it. It's just like, it's not special. I mean, I think the days of special signings at Tottenham are like long gone anyway. And it's always going to be this kind of sensible, pragmatic approach to the transfer market. But I don't know, I just long for the days of these mad signings where we get excited for a couple of weeks till we realise actually they're pretty average, these players. But just that two weeks is just an an amazing feeling. Like, Yeah. Kingsman aside and Van der side aside, but it'd be great to just just be a little bit more speculative instead of so sensible.
4: It, it died but with. But uh... The thing
0: with Hoyberg is he, he could kind of, if he unlocks sort of, Lascelles a bit more and even unlocks and Dombele though I, I think that shit might have settled already. To be honest, but if if, if he can get the best out of uh, other players in the squad, then he could sort of by proxy be quite exciting. Even though I agree with you, he's not in 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 and of itself. He's not that. That's a uh, more that's a
3: more healthy anything. way of looking at it for sure. Definitely,
4: I think our exciting transfers died with Dybala's image rights. Really, didn't they? Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it does make you look, doesn't it? And go, like, wow, the season that he's having,
0: mm, don't. Oh, the season that he's
2: had. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's jump on to our sort of end of season review slash awards. Um, we'll try and be as pragmatic with these as possible. If we start with the top. Player of the season. Now the, the the club player of the season was was, was Sonny, um, and that was voted for by by members. But I wondered whether you guys had a, a different view, or would everyone have gone with with Son as well? Start of you, Flav. Who who would you have gone with? Uh,
3: I, I probably would have done. Um, only just because of the, the levels and results that we got under when he was in the side, and that he had to be the talismanic forward. Wow. But Kane wasn't because he wasn't in the side. So I think you saw our form, not necessarily the way we were playing and how exciting it was, but certainly the results dropped off a cliff when Son wasn't in the side. And probably for that reason, it's difficult to to argue. I'd also, or I'd also this is going to be a bit left field. I think Serge Aurier is, is in with a shout, or at least the discussion should be, there's some respect should be shown on him because... Um, he was an absolute joke nowhere near you know good enough at the side and became intrinsic to to Mourinho's style of play and was a major part of the upturn in results that saw us finish 6th from 14th when Mourinho took over now I'm not saying he's the answer or he should be our right back next season I'm just saying he's played every minute under Mourinho and um and you know he the, he should take some responsibility in our upturn
2: any any um any further on uh, other players? I mean, I, I, go on, Dan. Who did you have?
0: I picked Kane. I think. I, I think Son. Son's had such a strange season where you know he had these two red cards. He had the broken arm. He just feels like he's blown hot and cold so much more than usual. And he often does blow hot and cold. But I think the Palace game wasn't an kind of atypical performance from this season where he just didn't really do anything. And obviously he's had games where he's been spectacular. But I think. Kane, when he's played, and all the usual caveats about kind of fitness and injury aside, I just think he's been more consistent. And I think he's been so important since the uh, Premier League resumed. And I know it's only nine games, but it's still basically a quarter of the season. And I think that, that spell has been a big reason why Spurs have got six and he scored, what, seven goals in that? Yeah. And he's seven been and really eight, good. Yeah. yeah so I, I'd, I'd have Kane just over Son, because um, I think. I just think Son's been a bit too up and down. Admittedly, very high when he's up, but I think pretty low
2: when he's down. Hmm. Right, gone boys, front two. What do you reckon?
4: <laughs> it's hard to sort of argue uh, away from those two, to be honest. I think before before the restart, I I would have had Lo Celso in there for a uh, for a shout, but he just he hasn't quite. Uh, been on song since since we 've come back, I still think again that that probably comes down to more he 's being shuffled around the midfield we still haven 't found a way to sort of as Dan said to release him in a way that sort of allows him to go and play how he probably is used to playing um but yeah i think I think Kane or son are quite far ahead of everyone else for me
1: yeah, I go along with that son and kane there was yeah that period where he got a few red cards was quite. Annoying because he kept um, he kept crying, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, probably Son one came too. Kane gets overlooked a little bit in that really. He still ended up with what like seventeen Premier League goals in the end, so it's crazy. Yeah, do, mad. Do, you know do you know
2: what's really weird 18, Is yeah. that he actually you think of him as having missed loads, and I mean he did miss a lot, but I think he still played twenty nine or thirty Premier League games. So you're like. Yes, he missed a lot, but Sonny got two red cards and had the the, the time with the broken arm, so he's missed a, a fair whack. You look at it in comparison to some of the other members of the squad, he's done fairly good for, for for game time. And then his goals return is just ridiculous. He would have comfortably won the golden boot, I think, if he played those those extra nine games. You know, mm. and he's playing in a system that maybe is not suited to the idea of having a um, having a load of chances in a game. You know, so he just. Absolutely brilliant. I do. I do want to just echo what you said, um, Hunter, about the Celso. I think we've got such a gem in the Celso. He, uh, watching him just put the boot in on people and just give people a little bit of attitude after a challenge, or just kind of get into a scrap. Even just that little thing that he did with—I can't remember who it, was, it might be Luca Dean from from um, Everton, where he just wouldn't leave him alone. You know, and I just thought, God, I do, I need that. Mm. but as a Tottenham fan I need someone like that in the team to watch I just think God you're so up for this and then he has the quality to back it up as well
4: I can't remember which journal Ritter but they said you could tell he was Argentinian within about six minutes of watching him play you'd be able to say that he was an Argentine player because he just (laughs) he loves it He he lives for it and you're right yeah you need those players to sort of break it up when you're not playing particularly well that game in particular was not a great watch I think we can all agree but we got the win and he sort of he broke up there. He broke it up around the back. He broke it up in the midfield, and he just went around sort of being a nuisance for ninety minutes. And Mourinho loved that.
3: I think. Uh, I think he's. We, we haven't seen the best of him at mm. all. And, um, and and what we have seen has been encouraging. Obviously, playing in that. The big problem with, with, with Spurs' first team squad at the moment is that that two man midfield in that Sissoko seems to be the one who's paired with anybody. And if Sissoko clearly isn't good enough to play in that system in a two anymore, <clears throat> or, or if he, unless it's a very narrow diamond, as we saw last year, Soko seems to be a bit lost. Um, but if we've got Lacelso Celso in midfield, he's, he's, he's better than, than that position. Do you know what I mean? He's, he, there's more about him than just recycling play in midfield. We can see he does that with ease and um, we want to see him a bit further forward. But in the last few games where we have seen him further forward, he in low percentage areas, i.e. He, has to, he has to make things happen and, and it's going to be much more likely he's going to lose the ball. It, he, we've seen him foul to a certain degree, and that's fine. That's fine. He's got to get used to the pace. But I just, I'm just thinking, there's a player that's probably twice as good as what we're seeing currently. Mm. Uh, that, that ho- hopefully, if we get the signings in, that, that he will be released to just be to to go and be creative and be metronomic. He's been, he's in...
0: been injured since the restart as well. He's been mm. had this scoring problem that's been niggling, and I think he's come off in the last four games on about the hour or seventy minutes. So he's definitely not fully fit. Uh-huh.
2: Hopefully yeah that that little bit of time will um will make a massive impact as well. I mean we've got we've got a decent amount. We're we're looking at four four weeks realistically. Um who should we let's go on to most improved. Um I feel like fab you might be able to actually like uh Chuck Aurier here forward as your as your most improved player.
3: I think everybody, because everybody, he's starting starting, you know, base was so low that, you know, he the what he's done this season, I think only second only to Trent Alexander Arnold, in terms of attacks from uh, sorry assists from a right back, uh, crossing into the box has been pretty much excellent for, for again at his standard. So and this is about most improved. So you have to look at where he was before. Um, yeah, I think it'd be difficult to argue with anyone other than um, I'd argue sur- with that <laughs> <laughs> Who's improved uh, I more than surgery I,
0: I don't think that surgery has done anything under Mourinho that he. Didn't do under Pochettino. He's played a lot more, and been a lot, been the <laughs> team a lot more. He still, he still makes the same kind of mistakes. He still yeah. occasionally puts in a great cross. He's still better going forward than he is at the back. But, and I think he was all those things previously. Um, he just got a lot more, a m- lot more trust from Mourinho and a lot more freedom to, to kind of go forward in his system. Mm. That's not to say he's not been all right, but I don't think he's been sort
2: of transformed. Mm. Hunter go on I can tell you like you,
4: you're you itching to, uh, to getting on this <laughs> well you know my thoughts on Sergio Array, eh? I just don't personally I don't think either of our fullbacks good enough to start for Tottenham at the moment and that's my personal opinion uh, but in, in terms of most improved I'd probably I might give it to Lucas Murray you know just in terms of what, what he's become under Mourinho has, is a really hard working sort of again a nuisance and I, I'd sort of thought he could be one that was out, out, out of the club because I didn't really see what, he, how he worked. But he uh, over, especially since the restart, he's been really effective in winning the ball back and moving it up the pitch really quickly. He's linked up with Kane quite nicely, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm starting to see a role for him, which I maybe didn't I before. He's
2: becoming a right midfielder. Well, well. Y- it feels y- like yeah. he's transitioning a little bit, you know. And maybe if we take the pressure off him to be a really clean striker of the ball, and instead just accept that he's a... Phenomenally hard worker with a lot of pace that can break up things defensively, but also break forward in attack. Maybe that's kind of horses for horses. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a little bit
4: more what Aaron Lennon. You know, a little bit more of the Aaron Lennon about it. Like, but you know, not as good.
2: <laughs> Jude, 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 who did you have as um, as most improved?
1: Uh, I haven't got an obvious one jotted down. Um, since the restart, I think. Hugo Lloris has actually been a lot I better think. than he was previously, but he's also 33, so it's not like you're giving it to a young guy and saying you can go and be a lot better now. <laughs> he's uh, he's in the twilight. But, cool, really really but he has been really good, and he's that. made some really top saves as well, like that one yeah, against yeah. Leicester from Ayoci Perez. Yeah, fantastic. Um, was brilliant. Um, at the start, yeah, the start of the
3: season, remember what he did, like how, how bad he was at the start. He's literally throwing the ball yeah. into his own net and breaking his <laughs> arm in one move um, to, to to actually really give it, I mean, if it wasn't for him and he's, he's heroic, so between the six, then we probably wouldn't have finished six feet. Either. So, um, yeah, that's a good shout as well. Hmm. But I'm right. Let's battle, go yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Put it to a vote. Let's go on to a manager's
2: player. Who do you reckon Mourinho would give his player in season two? Ollie Skip. <laughs>
4: yeah, he, he definitely took to my the other day, yeah. He took
2: it
4: Yeah.
3: Rombolay? <laughs> <laughs> um
1: er,
3: er, I think he, Eric Dyer. Ad- he adores Eric Dyer and he adores uh, Lucas Mora. I mean, yeah. I think he
0: probably would give it to Lucas, yeah. I think he Yeah, I, was yeah. I think he'd be up there.
3: Um I'd- which is, he fits his, his style of play and he wanted to sign him at United. He wanted to sign Eric Dyer at United. I don't think it's any coincidence that both of those players are a part of his, his starting eleven. Um I, don't, I like Lucas Moura and I'm appreciative of all of the really important goals you scored for Tottenham. I don't really like him on that right-hand side. I, I, I get the, the kind of workhorse element to it. Mm. I get that it works for a system, but you see him when he's in positions to cross and create danger. He, he doesn't really seem to have the technique to get that ball in the way that it should be delivered. Um and I think if you're gonna get the most out of him it would be more of an inside forward role, but if Mourinho likes him, who can I I can't argue with that really, mm. so you know, we'll see. But
4: with Eric Dyer, do you think do you would you have Eric Dyer as, as a starter? Would he be in your starting eleven over Sanchez?
3: No. Who? No.
0: I think at the moment I think Dyer and Alderville are the two better players individually and Mourinho mm. knows that, but I think Sanchez and Alderville are the better partners. Yeah. Players. And we yeah. saw that against Palace, and I think that's going to be quite an interesting one for the start of next season. Hmm. Who, who he goes with after the summer break?
4: You might be able to tell me this, Dan. What's happening with Juan Foyt?
0: I think he's on the transfer list. To be honest, right. yeah. yeah.
4: That um, is disappointing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> is it? I,
4: mean, I look personally. I I like those sort of centre backs, and I I thought he looked like having a child <laughs> as a centre back. <laughs> I thought he looked like he could turn into that, and you know, look, he's starting centre back, starting for Argentina. Poch said talked him up, was you know he was going to be right back by the sounds of things, and uh, you know the this season could not have gone worse for him. Um, but yeah, there you go. It was that game
3: I'm against not, Norwich, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Yeah. I'm <laughs> not saying I'm not saying he he shouldn't be around the mm. squad, um, but I'm not bothered at all if he's left if he leaves. He's just uh, no, he conjures absolutely nothing in me. At all.
4: There's a lot of defenders at Spurs like that at the moment, though, right? Like if yeah, We could get rid of about five and it wouldn't really affect anyone.
2: <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting to see what the level of turnover is in terms of the defensive unit. Because I think that that point that Dan just made about having a, a partnership that's really good or, or, or very workable in Sanchez and Alderweireld and then having Eric Dyer as someone that'll be there or thereabouts. But then you look beyond that, I think there's a lot, realistically... I think Mourinho's got some big decisions in terms of who he actually moves on. You know, there's a lot of loyalty there from people. We saw the other day with Jan Tong. Actually, I won't go too far in, into that, but you just saw this sort of outpouring of, uh, like, support from Spurs fans for the loyalty that he's shown. And I think you start to go into this period now where it might be time to start looking at whether it's time to break. With that, that old guard and and, and transition into a, a new era defensively. Um, let's go on to uh, let's go on to players. Player, who do you think um, Jude would that players will look around and go? Do you know what? For me, it's him.
1: You know what? This guy's had a really good season in finishing sixth for us. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, looking at the list now, and no one's really jumping out. Um they'd probably give it to Son. Do you reckon right?
2: everyone just spoilt their vote? <laughs> put, a big, <laughs> yeah. put a big X in it and then threw it on the uh, threw it on the box?
1: Well, no, Kane didn't seem too happy in his post-Palace tweet, did he? He was like, oh, yeah, we've got to do better next season. There was no great season or, mm. you know, well done lads from him. So, um, yeah, probably, probably Son or Kane, isn't it?
4: I think Sissoko might get. I I wonder how much they value having a player like Sissoko in the squad to do all that running for Aurier and to sort of cover cover ground in the midfield like that. And I just felt like with him in the squad, I I totally agree. I don't think he's good good enough in certain areas, but I just think he's solidified us so so much, especially since the restart. I just the difference before and after just was massive. Yeah, I don't agree
0: with that they obviously like him because they always sing the old Moose to mm. and you see sort of viral videos and stuff and all that. hear them in the changing room after a big win. That's always a go-to song so I think he is quite well valued.
2: Mm. And what about you, Flav? Uh,
3: yeah, it's a weird one. I don't really have anything to add. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe because of his... Um, uh, he's a leader isn't he in, uh, in the changing room and, and, and he's certainly the club captain and, and perhaps that level of respect will give him some extra votes but I'm really clutching at straws really none of them deserve it none really deserve <laughs> any of them deserve it I think
2: <laughs> it's, I think this is, it, what's interesting is that you, you sort of think like in previous seasons you didn't spoil for choice do you know what I mean you have been spoiled for choice so I think that's got to be something that like just if you take it away from the the, the managerial change or the team element like there's got to be better individual performances across the board next season. There's got to be players that come out at the end of the season with their head held high and said, I had an absolute stormer of a season in
3: doing whatever their individual role was, getting Mm, that right. I I wonder how much Mourinho's style of play will allow that to happen. Um, You know, I I think very few players that he trusts to just go out there and play. Everybody has a role in this system. Um, And the kind of sum of the parts is greater than the whole kind of thing. So I I just to get based on what I've seen from Mourinho thus far, I can't see I can't see a world where you get that breakout player that it will be that, that in order to get us points it will be on the shoulders of Kane and 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 so on and the rest will be a part of a system that shuts the t- the opposition down and and that can can perhaps in transition develop some exciting breakaway players we saw against Leicester but typically I think we're going to see quite a functional. Um, got mechanical slow drudge to success mm. <laughs> or not <laughs> <Sounds great. Yeah. laughs> okay this one this
2: one I feel, feel like should be easy but I feel like it's something that we do need to discuss the underachiever of the season now I won't, like, won't even bother like going around everyone but let's talk about Ndombele a bit and, and about what how you felt at the beginning of the season when we signed him and then how you feel about him in comparison now. So uh, d- does anyone want to go first? Is there anyone that would particularly like to kick us off?
0: I'm happy to go first because I've on, been a very public and unashamed Ndombele fan. And I think I've kind of given up on him for the time being. I think I'm going to stop wow. sort of defending Man. him.
1: Well, not, not,
0: okay, not given up, I still want him to succeed at Spurs, but I, mean, I think for a long time, genuinely, I. I found it hard to really disagree with any individual decisions Mourinho was making except his treatment of Ndombele and I looked at it and I thought it's not particularly helpful, he deserves more of a chance and then when he seemingly, and this is according to Mourinho, but when he seemingly got injured in the warm down after Arsenal having not played, I think I was at the point where I was like okay, you know, maybe he had a point here after all and I, it, it just seems to me that um, it's not going to work because it's it's a fundamentally a kind of clash of characters and personalities. I mean, I think Ndombélé is a special player, but he, he just needs a kind of Harry Redknapp type manager. who's just going to say, you know, run around a bit. We'll make reserve. You know, we'll make um, a special arrangement for you in the same way that he did for kind of Van der Vaart and Masuaku and and, mm. and all those players who, who didn't particularly want to want to put the graft in. Mourinho's not going to do that, and I don't think Ndombélé is going to change the way he is. Um, So I I still hope it it works out somehow, I still hope they sort of come together over the summer, but um, I'm going to stop sort of banging Vindombele drum. I think, until he actually does something. Um, So I think it's pretty clear that, um, yeah, he's just not been fit enough and not really taking the chances when they've come his way, but that's not to say I think Mourinho's handled him perfectly,
2: if that makes sense. Strange, though, that people are starting to move that way. Um, not strange. I mean, it's just interesting that it, it's starting to happen now over the course of the season because there's been so much optimism. And I wonder, Flav, whether you, you kind of, um, how, at what point you start to switch across from being like, well, we've got this potential world-class player on our hands to, Do you know what, this but might never happen.
3: We ha- have we, though? We, I mean, we don't know. We we he, he cost sixty. We, what we do know is he had a, a good season in France, did well in the Champions League, and he cost sixty six million or whatever it was that he cost. That, that's what we know. Um, I think we saw flashes of of a really good player there, um, but we haven't seen much more than that. So we don't really know what we've got. I think the frustrating the frustrating thing from a fan's perspective, from my perspective, is I'd like to have found out, hmm. I'd like to have been able to watch him play. You know. And, and and spending that much money on a player and just not seeing him play since Mourinho's come in is really, really frustrating. If he's good enough to make the bench, then surely he's good enough to play in minutes in games that we're, we're really struggling to unlock uh, a team, you know, unlock a low block. And if you look at Bournemouth, when he did come on, I thought he actually, he did, he sort of changed the game to some degree. We had that purple period, and let was a purple period in a game where everything was black and dry. <laughs> Right, but we had a little bit where we we created a few opportunities, and that was mostly down to his ingenuity. So it's frustrating. I do want, I really do want it to work. I want it to work. I, w- I want to see him play at Spurs, and I, and I him and Celso with a holding midfielder or a defensive midfielder that can destroy and let them play. We might see that, but all the noises coming out from Mourinho suggest that he doesn't like him. He doesn't want him, and um, and I just I fear. That he, you know, Mourinho has a track record, i.e., two massive players among the very world's elite in in Salah and De Bruyne, he let slip through his fingers. Um, Now, I don't think then then Dombele has the same ceiling as De Bruyne, but who knows? It would be a shame if he went on to another football club and there'll be be no shortage of takers, I I, I bet, Mm. and and went on to do really, really well. You know, it's Mourinho's job to get the best out of the best players that he has. And maybe he, he doesn't believe Ndombele is among the best players he has.
4: Yeah. I'm, I'm just i I'm just such on. a fan. I'm so thrown. Just one little shimmy and I'm in love. And that, that's the sort of, like, <laughs> I'm such a fanboy. And, yeah, it's really, I sort of agree with, with what you're saying, Flav, like, You've seen those those moments and you sort of think, all right, well, next game, let's just start him. And if he lets you down here, then fair enough. I understand you can drop him back to the bench, but I'd never felt like he... And every game he was being brought on, and I mean, the Bournemouth game, I, we were we were awful. And I, I agree, I think he did add something that we were really missing. And I would have liked to have seen that from the start, but then it just felt like... just felt like he, he wasn't given the opportunities, but you you never know what's happening in training. And Eric Lamella's getting brought on with 10 minutes to go and you sort of feel like, we sort of know what lamella is going to do. We don't know what Undombele N- is going to do. Um, I'm obviously in the camp that I think we should we should make it work because of the players that we've seen Mourinho sort of turn away in the past and what's happened with them. Um, but we don't know we don't know what his ceiling is. And the the noise from the club, Dan, you might be able to fill me in a little bit, was that they're really keen for it to work. They don't want to have to move him on. But yeah, I
0: think I think he's they're not looking to sell him um, mm. and I think Levy is, is behind that and and you know trying to mediate between him and Jojo literally but yeah I, yeah. I, I totally agree with you I really want to see it work and um, I, I just wonder whether some kind of swap deal where Spurs get another kind of special creative player in the term, um might just work for everyone mm. Um, I, I don't think Spurs is going to recoup the money for him, so that's kind of off the table. Um, I mean, the interesting thing is, to go back to the transfer window closing on October, whatever it is, is there'll be a month after the start of next season. So you like to think that he could be given a chance in the first sort of five or six games to mm. to kind of prove himself. And then if it's the same old stuff and, and Josephs ignoring him, then, then maybe it's just best for everyone if um, you- yeah he does move on.
3: Do you think it's odd though that you listen to the way that mourinho talks up oliver skip right it's like he's he's gonna be like he, he'll be in the engine room of tottenham's midfield for the next decade future tottenham captain and then someone asks him a question about Ndombélé. who you know how do you think he played against bournemouth he was no better or no worse than the other players which is obviously not true <laughs> is, is is it because he's not being questioned on skip and it, and it that doesn't impact his ego Whereas he is being questioned on in do you think that's where that spike comes from? Or that 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 um...
0: yeah, it's a good, good point. I, I mean, I think I think a lot of it's to do with just how they are in training, and he mm. wants to kind of reward someone like Skip, who's probably not the most naturally talented, but he's just obviously busting a gut in training and and works really hard, and has got a good character. And look, you, honestly, you, you only you, you'll you'll have all seen it. You've only got to watch in in the fucking warm-up in in the warm-up to realize what the problem is you know Mm. he's he's a different type of player to put it generously and obviously Mourinho just doesn't go for that so I think he's there's probably not a lot behind his his responses um apart from just a general annoyance that you can't get this guy to to trade in the same way in the way that he wants
2: Mm. Yeah, I think there's a there's a real. Um, <clears throat> fan, fans that haven't had a chance to go to the stadium behind closed doors. I mean, like all fans have a chance to go to the stadium behind closed doors. But um, there's a really interesting period uh, around 55 minutes every game where you see Eric Lamella go to warm up and you see Ndombele go to warm up. And the difference between the two tells you so much about who's going to get onto the pitch and who's not going to get onto the pitch. Mm. And it 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 is difficult to watch, particularly when, like you say, Hunter, you just see one bit of magic from Ndombele and then you think there's such a limited amount of players in the world that can do what he does in terms mm. of breaking between lines and having the vision of past that. I mean, that I think it was against Bournemouth, the pass that he made to Kane it was like a blind pass, and Kane was offside. It's what? Oh my God, that's he's probably the only player in our squad that's got that in the locker, mm. you know. And it's just about whether you can. Sorry, Flav.
3: Well, i just sorry to interrupt you, mate. It's just that, it, like, you're saying, like, it's his responsibility.
2: Well, I completely agree. That's he's what he's paying.
3: Yeah, he's being paid a wage to work hard and train. Like, as Pochettino said, one of the greatest comments he ever made you're not coming here to play for Tottenham, you're coming here to train. Hmm. And if you get into the squad, it's because you deserve to be in it. And it, if he's not trying, like, if he's the one that ain't warming up properly because he knows he's not going to get on then his mental attitude should be or his mental attitude should be, what do I need to do to get in the manager's good books, and then do that. And if maybe, and I know it's gonna sound a bit gammon, right? But maybe if he's not willing to do it, then perhaps he shouldn't be at a football club. And, and just being, yeah, they, just being good enough, you know, happy, having the skills is, isn't gonna isn't going to be the, the kind of player that that does end up in us uh, having a, a league title challenge. I think you're. I, I, think I, I completely absolutely agree. Right, on. I
0: can't agree disagree with that at all. But I think that there there are players. There there are countless players who just don't behave in that way. I mean, to go back to the Harry for example, you know, apparently Asil were having no idea who Spurs were playing that week, and I'm sure there's an element of truth in that. And, and Van der Vaart, you know, not being able to to do more than an hour. You know, certain managers will will make allowances for special players and. Mm. Rightly, rightly or wrongly, I, I, I agree with what you said. And I just, the problem is Mourinho is not one of those managers. Mm-hmm. Not and, and Dombele, I think, needs a manager who's going to say, okay, you trained for 10 minutes in a beanie hat in 35 degree heat, but you know what? We need you at the Vitality Stadium on Saturday, so you're going to play anyway. Mm. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, yeah, and, he, and he's won 22
3: his... major trophies, so yeah, know, yeah, yeah, maybe he yeah. knows what he's doing. So, I think we probably
2: should move on because we could do this all day. Um, uh, best goal of the season.
4: It's sunny, isn't it? Yeah, That's an sunny, easy sunny. one. Sonny Didn't that win? Didn't that win goal of the season?
2: It did win goal of the yeah. season. Although I do want to give a big shout out to um, to Harry Kane's goal the other day um, against Leicester because that was one of those moments where I was just. Not only absolutely in love with everything that he can do on a football pitch, but it just really reassured me that he's re- received the ball again in, in a blind alley, beat a player, and then just smash it into the far corner. And yeah. the thing, do you know what? I'd even had this from kind of six weeks before. What people weren't getting to see on TV is that he looked sharp. There were people talking about him carrying too much weight, and I actually thought he looked pacey. And against Leicester, for the first goal, you'll see he makes a 60... I mean, he plays that gorgeous outside-of-the-boot pass. He runs 60, 70 yards. And the reason why Justin deflects the ball into the net is because he's trying to chase Harry Kane to actually catch back up with him. And he hmm. goes way beyond him. So, yeah, for me, just seeing Harry Kane back in, back in some sort of rhythm and scoring goals for fun is, is really, really reassuring. I think um, a shout-out to
0: Bergwijn for both goals against the Manchester clubs.
2: So yeah, those, those yeah. really good goals
0: that we've probably been contentious on and done that against Burnley. Yeah, enjoyed um, I
4: enjoyed the uh, City goal especially was a really it was sweet sweet yeah. goal. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, and, and the United goal was mm. kind of cool because it was the first the first Spurs, well the first one I saw in the empty stadium, the first Spurs one since the restart, and it was kind of like a reminder that even though everything was really weird and surreal, this could. Still, sort of, happened on the football pitch, and that's sort of why we, we were there in the first place. So, mm. I, I remember what, that very,
2: what, what are your thoughts on Stevie Bergfine, just from what you've seen of him so far, Dan?
0: I think he's great. I mean, I, I think when he came on uh, against Newcastle and crossed the cane almost straight away, um, he really showed he's an intelligent footballer, he's a good player. I mean, I think he's a better footballer than Lucas Mora. Yeah. Um, I think for reasons that have already been covered. Um, he's probably going to remain as kind of first reserve next season behind Son Lucas. But I think he's exactly the kind of signings they should be making, and he's actually made a great start if you consider. I think he scored in his first three home games. Mm. Um, so without the shutdown, that would have been more noticeable, and, and people would probably be talking about him as a really clever bit of January business. I think.
2: We impressed him, Jude.
1: Yeah, he's a he looks a looks a sharp player and that yeah that debut against City was awesome. Um in terms of goals of the season, I wanted to check out I think it's Lamella's goal against Palace, um quite early on in the season where they go through a load of build up play and the ball gets pushed to the back stick and it I think it ends up dribbling over the line off Geiters uh legs. Uh, <laughs> but that was the other one. But yeah
4: Was, was that where we, we ran right in the first sort of half the an first hour? hour. Yeah, yeah it was
1: a great first half an hour. Second half was a pretty dead <laughs> yeah, that it was,
2: a, a, good a, that one. That was a good game
0: Only real Pochettino performance Yeah, of
1: yeah. The of
2: the That yeah. and the Villa the, the the second half of the Villa game When they, they turned it on And Dombele scored And I think Kane scored in that one yeah. Didn't he as well and, That's and that. Yeah, he sort of, yeah,
1: that was and the first maybe, game
0: Who was the team The champion who finished bottom of the Champions League group uh, uh,
4: Olympiacos um, Yeah, or Red Star so, Red Star, Red Star, yeah. two Red Red Star
0: yeah. games were, were good fun, but they were just terrible.
2: <laughs> good <dumpings. But> yeah. <laughs> okay, tough one now. Worst moment of the season. That is the tough one. It might I
4: be. Mean, it, it, it might just be the scope. The bright, the Brighton game as a ninety minutes. I don't remember f- thinking, I hate this club more. <laughs> 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 I was just uh, everything like, you, like you said, Lloris falls in the goal breaks his arm and that sort of set the tone for one of the worst performances I, I can remember yeah, Tot- Tottenham ever having, to be honest with you. Um, yeah.
3: That, yeah. That Connolly goal, the, the, the I think when they scored the third, I think it was Connolly who, yeah. who scored it. Yeah. I remember just sitting there feeling absolutely empty. Mm. I, I'd, I'd, I'd been crushed the week before when, when, when Bayern Munich, You know, I was in front of that goal which they scored f- five goals in the second half. <laughs> I watched every goal go in. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, so I felt that. And then I was sitting on the sofa a week later and just watching Brighton just tear us apart and seeing nothing from our football club. This is a, a group of players that gave everything before. Mm. And just a year before was, yeah. was playing under Pochettino and, and, and really still sort of continuing what, what the great work that you'd done. And then something had happened inside the football club to, to show that display. And I remember the third goal, I'm going, I, don't, I literally don't know what... I felt nothing at all it. was just an emptiness. And, um, yeah, for me, that's pretty much as bad as I've ever felt watching football. Uh, so it, it's got to be that, that third goal against Brighton. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was in the stands for that for that game. Um, oh, jeez. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was really excited because, you know, I'm from Brighton, and I support Spurs. So I was like, right, we'll mess those two together. It'll be a really nice day. Um, I think it was, like, the first or the second minute that Brighton scored. Yeah. But I remember, you know... Having a look at the replay of Larissa's arm, Ooh. thinking, "Yes, yeah, it wasn't nice." <laughs> it's no, not, it's not nice. Those things went a bit um, weird. Yeah, but I remember just thinking that these guys are sort of done under pots There's no if you can't catch a ball under the crossbar, <laughs> like, you know the subsequent fallout that happened. Yeah, that was that was a nasty. That was only like three days after that Bayern defeat as well, wasn't it? So yeah, three or four. And, and,
3: you know, if you now. look at where Tough. the fact from gone from that point to where we are now, hmm. it's the, the, trans, the, the transition has been insane, and somehow we're still there's this undercurrent of just not being happy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's just, just what it is function. to be
3: Tottenham, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gone down.
2: Sorry, mate.
0: I was gonna say, I don't think it's the worst moment of the season, but in terms of the biggest sort of sliding doors moment, I think it was probably Oreo's goal being ruled out against Leicester. You just never know if Spurs have gone 2 0 up and, and gone on to win that game. Uh, you know, it, it might have it might have delayed the inevitable, but it, it might have been that a, that kind of landmark result you need under a manager to start getting things back on track. And, and it might have put, you know, seen Spurs finish above Leicester as well, I, yeah. So. I agree. You know, so. Yeah. yeah.
4: I remember talking, yeah, yeah, I remember, I was just saying, I, I had the same conversation the other day and uh, with, uh, I can't remember who it was, another Spurs fan, I was saying that is such a sliding doors moment, because it it was one of those as well that was uh, shoulder, is it elbow, is it, oh, we can't get the, you know. I
0: mean, it, it was obviously bullshit, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's one of those many ridiculous mm. fractional VAR decisions where you actually just don't know but they've given it no doubt.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah, horrible. Yeah.
2: I remember, Dan, we all, do you remember, we were walking to the station after the game, so we'd gone all the way up yeah. to Leicester, and you and I were sort of walking, and there was this real, um, it, it was a really strange feeling, yeah. because we'd come out of the, the press conference, and I remember at that moment, um, it felt like, Potch's press conferences were getting more and more negative yeah, I and getting I deeper yeah. and deeper into this weird hole that he kind of got himself into. Obviously, like, that there was so much noise going on around the club and so many other things that were out of his control, but his narrative and the narrative that he managed and expressed was completely up to him. And at that point, I, I remember coming away feeling quite disappointed. And, and I very rarely felt like that about him, but I came away feeling like, wow, he's really, like, he's hammering home this negative approach, and it is going to rub off. And after the
0: Colchester game as well, and the League Cup, when he said that there were too many different agendas at the club, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it really did, like, that whole period, well, this season, mm-hmm. um, really did have an end of days, unpleasant feel about it. Uh, I, I mean, I'm always think we will always think he deserved the chance to, to do the rebuild himself, but it should have happened a couple of years earlier. Yeah. Uh, but by, by, you I, know, by the point of this season, it, it just I've, was I've all feeling very so crumbly.
3: Kind of blocked it out. Like, I, don't, like, <laughs> I remember, I remember the beginning of the season being bad, but as you were talking, Dan, and you, Ben, it was brought it all back about just how crushingly bleak all of that was. Um, and I remember thinking, like cause I've done a couple of interviews in the last couple of weeks, with and people that are not Spurs fans, and they all of them are like, why did you let Paschiklino go? Was it right to sack him? And I was like, I remember saying, and I remember feeling, he should have gone earlier. He should have been sacked earlier than, than the Brighton game. That might have been a bit harsh, but that's what I remember thinking. And then the, the, as you were talking, I was like, yeah, that, all of this feeling, all of this sort of really sort of guttural nausea I've got in, in my stomach, you've just made me feel, Dan. Is, <laughs> it, 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 that's what I felt back then. And that's why something had to change because your football club isn't supposed to make you feel that way. Mm. Um, yeah, it was like dad was ready to leave home and he just stayed around for the kids. But dad, you know, you needed to go. That's what it felt. That's what it felt. Like. I, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from a family, my, a divorced family. You know, mm. I remember it. And it was the same feeling.
2: Flav, mm. I remember at the time. That you said when Mourinho came in, it felt like your new foot, like your new dad had come in. Step would <laughs> yeah.
3: come in with a PlayStation. And he made mum happy. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. That's when mm. like you get up in the morning, he's cooking your breakfast, and you're like, well, this is all right." <laughs> maybe. maybe it was dad's fault. Maybe <laughs> no stepdad's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, how, stepdad- how
0: did Mourinho rank in that incredible thread someone did of all the Premier League managers? Oh, yeah. And he was stepdad. Check it out. With the lab he was, all right, yeah, I I he was all right, actually. Yeah, I think he was It's a great thread. I, think he
4: I said, haven't. I'd love to see it. I think he said he has good good trainers or the nicest trainers or something and always buys you the latest. So, I can't remember what it was, but it's great. That thread is so good. Yeah, if you haven't had a look at that, have a look at the thread because it it's brilliant.
3: I will. I'll check it out.
2: Amazing. Right, we should um, we should slide on. Um, what was the what was the best performance of the season?
3: Uh, I, you know, I'd say just in terms of the the magnitude and how important it was for me, the Arsenal game. Um, mm. You know, it's so crucial. I'm not saying it was the best performance. Uh, you know, even that Leicester, you could argue, given the way it was managed, went three 0 up, three amazing goals. And then just really, just really stamped the game out. Just allowed Leicester just to play, but didn't really cause us any problems. You could argue that, but just because of it was so important that we be Arsenal to finish mm. above them, to have the hope of getting the Europa League kept alive, and the fact we beat them. Mm. I mean, I loved it. I was like, I loved that game so much. I absolutely loved it. So that for me would be the, the game. I got to agree. It's nice
1: that. The- yeah, it was nice that Spurs won while allowing Arsenal to shoot themselves in the foot as well. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, I mean that that game.
4: You know, I went in, I was so convinced we were gonna get get beat in that game as well because of what had happened the, the week before. Um, but yeah, that that game was impressive, and I think the thing that I loved about that game was Arsenal fans seemed annoyed that they got beaten by that style and it was like what did you expect to happen lads we're going to sit deep we're going to try and get you on the counter attack or let you shoot yourself in the foot and yeah it happened and then look they went and did it a week later to uh, who was city. it city yeah so but
3: we created more than them we had better better chances we yeah. deserved to win like you spoke to arsenal fans in, in the after that game and it it was like the world's most worst injustice <laughs> and like you're an idiot yeah. <laughs> clearly clearly we we deserve to win that game. Or, or, or worst, it would been a draw. But it was no injustice there. You mm.
4: The Burnley game well, now looks quite impressive as well. What was it? I, I can't remember what the score was. The five one with, yeah, five nils. Yeah, so yeah. that was a complete yeah. domination. And you know, Burnley have gone on to trouble a lot of decent teams this year. And yeah, I thought that that was a. I'm, I'm struggling to remember the first sort of six months of the season. Burnley unbeaten in fourteen, I
3: think, aren't they? They're in the league, unbeaten in fourteen, something like that. Hey.
0: There you go. Go. I'm,
3: I'm, I'm going to go for the Leicester game.
0: I think. I think the Arsenal game is the, the best result, but I think mm. in terms of performance, what was most impressive about Leicester was that there was just a really obvious plan that worked perfectly. And I think my biggest problem with Mourinho sort of before the shutdown really was, and and for elements after the shutdown as well, particularly Bournemouth, because you just had no idea what he was trying to do or what the team was trying to do, and it was mm. just like, what have you actually told them? To do here. What's the approach? What's the, what, what? are the tactics? And that was particularly clear against Everton and Bournemouth, I think. And then suddenly Leicester, w- there was a very clear plan: drop deeper, deny space to Vardy, put pressure on their full on their slow centre backs, get on in behind. You know all these little things, I and mean, it all worked perfectly. Mm. I think in, in terms of performance, that was that was really encouraging. Um, and I think more of that next season will will, will be good because that's. One of Mourinho's strengths, and it was something that Postino wasn't particularly good at. He played the same way against everyone, but Mourinho really had a really set a trap for Brendan Rodgers, and it worked <laughs> perfectly. I'm really know.
1: happy that um, they went with the target Ryan Bennett and Wes Morgan approach. Yeah, feels <laughs> feels quite obvious, around. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but
0: no and Mourinho, you're, Mourinho you're, was so proud of it he kind of explained it in very yeah. long, <laughs> this is what just, we did this is what it worked I don't. Centre back to rubbish
4: I don't think any Spurs fans will have any problem with the, the the City approach the Arsenal approach the Leicester approach I think that's I think we were brilliant and I think that's when we've looked like we've had a plan but I think the Palace game I know you said he sat in and he sort of was happy the Bournemouth game are just reminders that I still think there's still a lack of Attacking verb when we're playing against a team who want to do the same thing to us, and we will have to find another pl- way to to break that down. But he does have he has the time now, doesn't he? He has six weeks to sort of do whatever he wants to do.
3: I think, well, I think there's I, a problem. Yeah, or just yeah, sorry. No, you go ahead. go ahead. No, no. Uh, I just thought I think there's a, there's a problem that 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 is a challenge that a lot of managers struggle to to to, to kind of circumnavigate or or find a way of solving because. Mm it's it's re- really hard. I know this sounds really obvious, but these are professional footballers that play football all day. And if they're being asked to do something quite simple in, in that just sit back, soak, uh, like like we saw against uh, Everton, like I thought Everton were the worst team I saw come to play Tottenham, but they did what they did and they did it well. Mm. It, it's quite hard. It is a difficult thing to break them down. And I think it's generally, it's, it's either you've got the talent that can unpick that stuff like De Bruyne's vision, mm. Or you've got to play in a really offensive style where you you, you kind of crush them. If you remember back in, I think, 2015, 2016, we were playing Villa at home. I think they had a back six Mm. or they were forced into that position. And we had Walker and Rose, who are our our most attacking players, where you just overloaded them. But Mourinho's never going to play like that. Very few managers do play like that. So it's going to rely on quality that we probably don't have. But, but a
4: couple of fullbacks could really solve an issue there, couldn't it? I mean, if you add real quality at left back and right back. I mean, because I was saying to Hansey the other day, if you watch Ben Davis, the amount of times he just turns over the possession, just, yeah. just completely no pressure turns over possession. If we have someone who becomes a lot more. Uh, 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 he's never going to bomb, bomb two fullbacks forward, you're bang on. But if we have people who just become better in possession, we start moving the ball quicker. I think that's how Mourinho creates space behind when someone's playing a low block. I mean, I don't know I think, for sure. I think
0: the midfield as, as well is important. Like mm. to give to give Mourinho the benefit of the doubt, like you, you could argue that he's played this way because he knows he hasn't got the midfield to control the game at the moment. Mm. He's not going to do it through Sissoko and Wink. And he's even on record saying that Caso can't play in a two, and he thinks he's rubbish there. Basically, mm. he's been forced. <laughs> he's been forced into doing it. So you, to be really generous to him, I wonder whether Hojbjerg comes in and maybe another midfielder comes in and. And he then says, OK, we've got players who can control possession a bit more. We'll try and play a bit more on the front foot and we'll try and be less reactive. I don't mm. know if that'll happen, but maybe. he has been birth, so. pretty much since
2: November. Hmm. Gee, what were you going to say, mate? Come
1: uh, it was literally just that hopefully there's more of a plan against teams that sit deep than uh, get the ball to the right and swing it in. <laughs> Surge, Surge, but a lot of oh, or at least bring back yeah.
4: Trippier if we're going to do that, right? Yeah.
1: Trying to so actually cross. Yeah. I'd have felt bad for Trippier.
2: Imagine, imagine the amount of joy he would have had being given that, that sort of England role that he had. You know, just literally sit in front uh, as a defender in your own line. You're not even playing as a part of a four and then to swing crosses in. Um, mm. Let's go on to um, young player of the season. I mean, we've not a huge amount of options here, but I do think it's really good that we've signed Tanganga onto a, a long-term contract. And I thought that his performance against Liverpool um, particularly gave me a lot of uh, confidence that mm. moving forward, we could have a, a, a bit of a star there in terms of someone who could grow and develop at the club.
4: I don't think there's many other options, is there? I mean, Tanganga sort of stands out as the, the, the young player who's come through. I think Oli Skip has been very neat and tidy when he comes on in games. But, you know, it's hard to sort of say how good, how good a player he's going to be from what we've seen so far. Obviously, Mourinho, I think, is going to be best player in the world. But um, how old's Lo Celso? I mean, he doesn't count, does he? Must
1: be, what, 24?
4: Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think Tanganga for me, yeah.
2: Yeah. Everyone, yeah. everyone same boat. Yeah he's fast excellent
4: mm.
2: excellent um okay look, i think that's all of the awards that we wanted to do i just want to finish up by saying that what does everyone think happens now if i had to say we're going to be sitting here in three months time What do you reckon uh if you put in look into the, the crystal ball what do you reckon's happened we're sitting here in what october time uh season started we're a few games in um I will, does anyone have any thoughts off the bat, or do you need me to fluff for another
3: ten no, seconds? No, I, I couldn't. I, 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 I feel like we're going to feel exactly how we feel now, but we'll be second in the league. <laughs> um, I do think that Mourinho will find a way of win, and, and, and you look at his win percentage at Tottenham; it is really impressive. And especially if you if you take away those games where we didn't have Son or Kane, then it's even more impressive. I know it's really. I think that the the kind of the sense of um, the kind of drab feeling that a lot of Spurs fans have in, inside them at the moment is about the football. Mm. But if you look at just, if take, try and take that, 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 that sort of emotional aspect out of it and just look at the results, I think we are going to be looking at a, a season next year where we, we are in contention, at least up until a certain point where you could say we're in the league title race. I, I just feel that, that, based on what I've seen so far, it's just going to be not very exciting way of Challenging for the league, Um, so yeah, that's how I kind of, kind of feel like that's it's ridiculous, isn't it? That's that's what I feel
0: like. I I don't think we'll quite be in the title race, but I reckon to look really far ahead. If I was to make like a big prediction for the season, I reckon we'll get to a point where Mourinho has to kind of either decide to go for fourth or go for the Europa League, and then and he'll probably go for the Europa League. Uh, So I I can see Spurs being in and around fourth and making a deep run in that competition and maybe one of the cuts. But as Flav says, I think it'll be functional. I think it'll be quite boring. I think it'll be quite resilient and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll all feel broadly the same. If, if you don't like Mourinho, you'll still have a stick to beating with. If you love Mourinho, you'll have evidence to, to sort of support your views. So yeah. A weird, weird season. Yeah.
4: I mean, they've basically summed it up there, aren't they? I'm hoping to see. Basically, I, I'm hoping to see the younger guys get a bit of a run out in the Europa League or go out on loan. Which I, I think Dan, you put something out this morning about them potentially going out on loan, didn't you? There's a few. Yeah, check
0: the evening Standard tomorrow for Skip and Parrot exclusive. Yeah. Destinations. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so getting, getting a plug cool. in. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you know,
4: I, like you said, I actually I'd love Hoiberg. I think he does. I think he does a very good job. Uh, you know. He's a neat, a neat player who sort of tidies up that midfield that I think we could really, really do with. Um, if we don't get a striker, I'm going I'm to have to watch a different team because Kane's going to get injured three months into the season and we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to what, just stick Lucas up there again.
3: What, what do you think of Troy Deeney?
4: I think there's better options out there, to be honest with you. I don't I don't hate it. Like I've seen some Spurs fans losing their minds over it. I don't yeah. hate it. I I'd, I'd rather
2: go Josh, yeah. Josh King, I think. I think Josh King would be a better option.
4: Well there's cousins. I, right, I, I, I like I actually like Troy Deaning mainly because of the the stuff he talks about Arsenal as well. I think that's well, a, nice, a nice a nice fit. In. A nice like cohesive... Thing. But I think again I'm gonna talk about the evening standard. I'm obsessed with you, Dan. Uh I've seen that we're interested in Wilson and Brooks, and they're two players who I think improve the squad straight away. So I'm a big well, fan of Brooks. I think he's a great player. I'd choice.
3: happily live in a world where we sell Delhi Ali and bring in Brooks. Ooh,
4: big call. I mean, to be honest, I think I might, I might back that. I might second that. To be honest with you, mm.
0: Delhi's an interesting one. Is he's he's been too off the ball, off the boil for too long now. Mm. Uh, it feels like he needs to have a good start to
2: next season.
4: Yeah, let's see.
2: It's like actually worrying, isn't it? A little bit once you start to kind of run out of games that you can recall within the last however long where he's shone. You know mm. that we. I think if all of us try and think of a game, where like, when was the last time he had a had a stormer? You probably talk about West Ham away.
3: Yeah, mm. that, not even that was a stormer. He, he played well.
4: Mm. I remember yeah, the, he, he hasn't been good.
3: Fights, didn't Arsenal away in the League Cup last season.
4: Yeah, Olympiacos, He yeah. was good when we went two 0 down. He. Was it 2-0? N- we went 2-0 n- down against Olympiakos. Yeah, yeah. He sort of grabbed it by the neck and I remember him having a very good game then. But you're, you're right, like we, we can't afford for him to have these sort of long patches where he doesn't affect games at all. And before, under Poch he, he could have those games, but he'd always score or he'd always assist. And you sort of... maybe,
3: maybe, lads, maybe just ain't that good. Yeah, well, <laughs> Maybe, maybe he was overhyped and um, he, he couldn't live up to the the form, the excessive form, the brilliant form he showed that was never really in his... Uh, you know, he played out of his skin, perhaps.
4: He also has... He he's said those injuries have really damaged... What, I mean, I think his confidence, for one, but he said his his explosiveness, his speed, he doesn't feel like he can play at the same level even that he was at two or three years ago, which as a 20... What is he, 24, 23? Yeah, you know, 24. that That's slightly worrying. Um,
3: what, how much didn't you get for him?
4: That's a, I saw this debate going on on Twitter the other day, actually. I, it's, a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because... You know his stats suggest you're looking at a forty million pound player because he's English, but is he better than Jack Grealish? Would you take Jack? Is he better than I don't know? Yeah, no.
3: so no, I'd take I'd take Jack, Jack Grealish all day. <sighs> I mean, I, perhaps we have got the players in his position and we we don't need to strengthen in that position, but he's just he's great, not he. Yeah, I'm going to back him.
2: I'm going to back Delhi. I want to see one more season. I'm I keep doing this, One yeah. this. <laughs> but I do that that thing where I'm like this he's going to come good. He's going to come good. He's going to come you, good. This is a, and his stats do his stats do back up when he plays and when he gets a consistent run. Hmm. He's actually still statistically a, 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 a good option in terms of like a goal scoring. I the Europa League sort of might be helpful
4: the europa yeah, league because you have so. to play mm. 500 games to get to the final He might actually get a, He might actually get a sprint. A, you know
3: ben out. you've got to let that go mate you can you can end up he's like the, the, the step brother that keeps nicking stuff out your mum's purse it's not good for <laughs> you to get him out keeping it in the family mm.
2: yeah I, I, I don't know what it i don't know what it is maybe it's nostalgia and maybe it's just that, that feeling of complete um, attachment to the last season at White Hart Lane and just how special that team was. is slowly being taken away from us piece by piece and it's quite difficult to watch, but it's important to happen for the, for the club to move forward. It's just uh, he, he for me, he doesn't feel like he's at the end of his career. <laughs> he's so young. Mm. I just feel like surely if Mourinho is able to back up what he said at the beginning of the season and get him playing like Alley as opposed to his cousin,
4: would you call him? Would, a, be... would you call this a painful rebuild, Ben?
2: <laughs> I feel like Jan we'll, fin- we'll finish up with Jan, mm. but like it did feel like that very much was what had been put in motion at the beginning of the season, right? When we saw him arrive into a game with a black eye and sitting in the stands. I sort of thought, God, this is the, this is, that is, it's come full circle, you know, and like, it, it, he was an amazing player for us, but that watching Spurs fans talk about him and watching Spurs fans remember him actually, more than anything, reminded me that this is the end of, of that, of that cycle. I don't know whether anyone else felt the same.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Uh, It's, I mean, it's, 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 the cycle is over, isn't it? Really, mm. I mean, he's gone. Um, but uh, yeah, Vertonghen's kind of demise really kind of typified that because he was, I uh, you know, I really, a, you just looked at him for so long and he was playing. And you think, well, fine. If mm. him, he, if him and Aldevar are in the same team, we're going to be fine. Mm. And then obviously you saw that slow degradation of a of a top flight player in the Premier League and what you have to be to perform at this level and you saw it and you saw that game where he came off i think it was 60 minutes and he had a horror show and you saw the picture of him in you know the famous one of him being sitting down on the bench and he, he looks crestfallen and he, as he as he realizes that his time at, at playing for a top premier league club is over and certainly his time at time at tottenham but uh, and, and just one more sort of highlight you know in terms of that that game he had against dortmund where he ran mm. the game from left wing back where he him he himself acknowledged that he was out of position which is very very rare. You hear a player do that, but you can do it. now he's gone. Um, but that kind of felt like he used all of his power in that game. That was that was his last hurrah, and he, he had nothing left after that. And it was a shame, really. And I think he probably would have carried on playing if he could for Tottenham because he, he's that kind of kind of player. But it was it was time for him to go. And you have to be you can't be you can't be um, too sympathetic you realise that this is football and we need players that are able to do it at this level. And Mm. as much as I love for Tongan, it was time for him to go. And I hope he goes back to Ajax and gets all the accolades that he he deserves.
0: Yeah. Talking about this uh, kind of end of the chapter, it did feel like there was, the core of the squad, there was this Northern European contingent of the Tongan, Alderville, Dembele, um, Eriksen, Vorm, if we want to include them. Um, and they all felt like real Pochettino men, except yeah. for Elderville, who obviously is well documented, wasn't signing a contract on the Pochettino and Poch would have happily got rid of um, a couple of summers ago. And so it's kind of no coincidence that, that Poch goes and now they, they've all left the club, apart from Alderville, who, who signed the new deal. So mm. it does really feel like um, the changing of the guard now. Um, and I think, yeah, I think they, they were very much Pochettino men. Um, mm. Um, and they kind of did a did a six. Well, Ratchford did six months under Mourinho, but it never really felt likely that he was going to kind of stick around for too much longer. I didn't think. Hmm. Um, interestingly, what did everyone think about him saying his favourite memory was the battle of the bridge? I thought that was really odd. I loved um, it. <laughs> Why?
3: Famous because we shot. threw it all away. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. That wasn't. We, we weren't. We were never going to win the league anyway. Nice. That was. That was. That was a. That was that was putting to bed the old Tottenham Hotspur and, mm. and showing the new one. Where if all right, we're gonna we're losing this game, but we're gonna leave some blood on the pitch. That's the <laughs> attitude you want. That's what you want to see your players behave like. Yeah, I well, did.
4: Yeah, I can't, I can't say I disliked that game. I thought, apart from the fact that they got the equaliser, Eric Dyer should have had about six red cards.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Dembele tried to literally pull Diego Costa's eye out and then got banned subsequently for how many games? Was it? it was. Massive, wasn't it?
0: Like, the start of the next season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, was it like eight? or something?
4: That damaged us massively because he. I mean, as we saw, as, as soon as Dembélé like, dropped out of the squad, we we suddenly realised that maybe he was the whole midfield himself. So yeah, but yeah, that was a that was a wild game.
2: Yeah, I, I think that uh, I'm sort of more in. I'm more in the the, the, the side there. I've seen so many Tottenham sides over the years being accused of being soft. So it was uh, it was quite nice for a change to see uh, Eric Dyer actually limping off from a challenge that he had made to he <laughs> whacked someone so hard. Yes. So that was, a, that was, that was it. It <laughs> wasn't the we,
3: we It wasn't like they were, the Spurs players were losing their head all over the place. Mm. Like Kane was hacking people down. Lamella should have been set up about three <laughs> times. Kane should definitely saw a red. Dyer should, yeah. should, should have definitely been set up. Carl Walker should have slept on Petro. Yeah. Danny Rose. Sorry, going
0: down this tangent. I just thought it was a really odd choice for the song. <laughs> yeah, he's. <laughs> so like, I, I mean, didn't really see that coming from him. I thought he'd be like Dortmund or pick yeah. out some kind of it's neat flashy display sure. at the back. But. Yeah, I like that. So, I yeah. think that shows uh, something but... about his
3: character and how, how he thinks, though. So, perhaps mm. that, that he, he wouldn't go for the obvious thing. And it was, it was that game. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll miss him. Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, it's been great fun, lads. I've really enjoyed kind of dissecting this, considering the way in which the season's gone. So, thanks so much for your time. I hope mm-hmm. everyone enjoyed the enjoyed the pod. Subscribe if you haven't already, and leave us a review if you uh, if you did enjoy it. We'll be back now, pretty much from here on out every week. So, um, so yeah, make sure you stick with us, and um, yeah, we'll see you all soon.